faithwire.com. Well, hello and welcome to 4 and 3, a podcast breaking down four of the most important stories of the day and three things you need to know about them all from a Christian perspective. Today's Tuesday, April 27th, 2021. I'm Dan Andros. Coming up on the podcast today, we got a video that went viral from a Holiday Inn Express worker and... Uh, Man, we got the details on that, and you got to hear this. It's kind of a crazy story. So a prominent Georgia church is leaving the main Methodist denomination over progressive theology. John Kerry's under fire for allegedly spilling secrets about Israel to Iran. And Democratic strategist James Carville condemns wokeness, saying it's a problem, and everyone knows it. Joining me now to break down these stories and more, Trey Goins Phillips from FaithWire.com. Trey, good morning. Good morning. What a what a weird blend of story <laughs> stories we have yeah. today. Yeah, and um, you know, I, the one that we got coming up here in just a second, the video, uh, you know, it's just disturbing on a bunch of levels, but I think speaks to kind of the, a lot of the problems we've got going on in society today. So yeah, a lot going on. So why don't we uh, why don't we just dive right on in and uh, get to this video, this uh, short uh, viral video. Um, that was posted and kind of made viral by uh, a someone on Twitter named Tariq Nasheed, who I'm not familiar with, Trey, but uh, he has a big following. He's a blue check and all that. And uh, here's yeah. what he tweeted. He, he wrote, uh, along with the video, he wrote, A white Holiday Inn Express worker has a nervous breakdown after he got scolded by a black customer because of a mistake in the reservation system. And then the video proceeds to show this employee having a bit of a mental breakdown. And honestly, it's, I mean, it's kind of sad to watch. I mean... I don't know who's right or wrong in the interaction, but clearly this kid's not well and uh, has some mental health issue going on of, of some variety. Um, but the customer sort of then breaks out his camera and starts to videotape this and, and kind of berate the employee, you know, saying, why are you blaming this on me? He's like, I'm not blaming this on you. Um, and, and, uh, and so now this kid has gone viral. And so... You know, I don't think it's so much a left-right issue in this particular one. You're getting a variety of opinions, but I wanted to get right into why it matters because um, I think it shows everything that's wrong with cancel culture and clickbait culture and critical race theory all in one tweet. Uh, because when you look at the people who have kind of called out Tariq for for kind of amplifying this video, um, here's what happens. So uh, one user wrote, you're targeting... Um, because of his skin color, an individual who had had a mental breakdown, maybe you miscalculated who the villain is. And Tariq's response is, stop projecting your anti-black racism. <laughs> and a lot of his wow. replies to things like that, another person says, who's the bully filming? This is beyond disturbing. This gentleman not have support staff on premises to deal with issues like this. Um, and another person said, you're a sick and twisted monster for posting this. And... You know, his basic response to all those is, well, just showing you all the white supremacy that all these people have. And uh, mm -hmm. which is a very kind of bizarre and sort of thoughtless type response, I would think. Um, but I'm interested to get your take on this, Trey, because, I, you know, when I see this, I see how, man, we've just so divided ourselves and we've allowed ourselves to kind of be used as pawns, whether it's from politicians or activists and yeah. uh, the media, whatever the case may be, you have all these forces that are actively um, incentivized to divide us. They either get clicks or they get power. They get into office. They get all these things. Um, and it's like we're falling right into this trap. 
Um, you know, I, I get that we're all sinners and we're going to fall short. So there are going to be mistakes no matter how much we realize this. But I mean, how would Jesus want us to respond in a situation like that? If you're the customer, you yeah. know, do you want to get out your phone and try to make him go viral and shame him? Or do you want to maybe offer the kid a, a, a kind word or some grace or maybe maybe even pray with him, you know, seeing that he's obviously disturbed? Uh, so, I mean, I, you know, when I see the reaction to whip out the camera and then try to go viral and shame this kid and then have someone with a blue check amplify it to try to shame the kid and then, then make it about race on top of that, it's just disturbing. Yeah. I mean, I kind of, this is one of the stories that it's kind of, it's been a while since one has sort of made me speechless. Like I don't really necessarily <laughs> have... Because we're we're watching a video that shouldn't exist, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And we're talking about a story that we should not be talking yeah. about. Like yeah, like this is this is none of our business. It, it it should never have been recorded. It most certainly should never have been, like you said, amplified by somebody with a with a prominent platform. I, it to me, it's just it's disgusting all all around. Yeah, like, there's not one part of this story that doesn't disgust me because it's. It's none of our business, and it's it's very clear, like you said, that this kid is going through something. I don't know if he's got a history of, of mental health issues or if he was just in that moment completely and totally ambushed and overwhelmed Yeah. Um, because it, he was made aware because of the fact, like you said, this should not matter. It's not really a race issue, but in 2021 you'd be hard pressed to find something that's not a race issue. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, he may realize, okay, I'm a young white person. This is a, a black person who has decided to, to start filming this uh, and, and just realizes the weight of that moment of, okay, we're in a cancel culture. Yeah. You've ruined my he life. Can, I mean, that's why, he that's why ruin, saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, this, this person now has the capacity potentially to ruin my life, at least on a professional front. Um, so, you know, it, it's just, it's awful. We don't see each other's human beings anymore. Yeah. It's just uh, we look at, at at another person, regardless of their skin color and regardless of our political philosophy. But we look at them through that lens and we say, "Can I use this to advance my agenda? Can I use this to 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 balloon my platform, whatever?" And it's like these aren't these are not just like you said, chess pieces. They're not pawns. These are human beings with lives, with complex thoughts, and you know, with families and loved ones and feelings and all that stuff. And the other problem that I have, this is just kind of a, a what should be an obvious observation, but I guess isn't. Uh, with these videos, we don't really know what happened before right. they hit record. Like right. You never know what no. happened before you hit record and you don't know what happened after the camera stopped rolling. So I always have to take these videos with a grain of salt because there's absolutely no telling yeah. what was going on before the camera started right. rolling. Yeah. Uh, and we just have to rely on the words of the person who posted yeah. the video. And I'm like, I, you know, I don't know that I'm in, in that inclined to, to rely totally on somebody's words on yeah. social media in 2021. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm in this particular instance, I'm less concerned about what actually happened here. I'm more looking at, this is one of those examples where, you know, America's the audience, and now yeah. you know it's like we're waiting for the next video that we can judge. You know, we're the American yeah. Idol judges, and we which viral video do we all get to play armchair quarterback on? You know, yeah. and uh, and sit there and decide whether it's good and bad, and who's the villain and who's not. That's kind of more what I'm interested in. 
we've got to, as Christians, be different and mm-hmm. start to lead the charge on treating people as humans again and not as a viral clip to make some political point or whatever the case may be. So, Yeah, I think over the last few weeks, I've just become very aware and have, have tried to to recalibrate how I use social media because I think social media is, is a really valuable tool, uh, but it is a tool and it's clearly one that we, you know, technology advances really quickly uh, and it, it has grown exponentially over the last few years. Uh, and I think it's, it's grown past our ability to understand it. Yeah. I, I don't think we know how to effectively or correctly or healthily use these tools um, so I think uh, the the best mode of action for people who might be listening to this, and it's something that I'm trying to apply in my life, is if you've got a question about something you're about to post, the right answer then is just don't post it. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> just skip it. You know, right, just don't. Or, you know, sometimes you can write a tweet and then never hit publish. It's like, you know, you write a letter to that person <laughs> you're angry at, like write the letter and then just ball it up and throw it away. Yep. Like write the tweet and then delete it. Nobody <laughs> ever needs to see the vast majority of the things that I think. No. Uh, so I'm trying to to put that into practice yeah. that, you know, when I have a thought, probably nobody needs to know it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Let, It'll just be my thought and maybe I'll change my mind. Maybe I won't. But uh, I don't need. We don't need to be inviting other people into all of these things, uh, because it, it life is 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 about a whole lot more than 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 what we post on social yep. media. Indeed. So, all right. Story number two. Uh, so Mount Bethel United Methodist Church in Cobb County, which is the largest UMC congregation in the North Georgia Conference. Uh, is breaking with its increasingly progressive denomination just days after its pastor was reassigned to a new role. So during his sermon last Sunday, the Reverend Dr. Jody Ray uh, announced that the NGUMC's reassignment to a new role, uh, announced he rejected his reassignment to a new role uh, involved in racial reconciliation. He told the conference that such a task is not what God is calling me to do. Uh, So the decision from him comes as the UMC is moving further to the left politically and theologically. The denomination is in the midst of a heated debate over several issues, uh, most predominantly is the ordination of LGBT clergy. Uh, Next year, the UMC is slated to begin a process called Protocol for Reconciliation Through Grace and Separation, which essentially is going to establish two separate denominations, which is the UMC and then the Global Methodist Church which presumably is what Mount Bethel would join uh, once that is actually formed. Uh, So Ray, who has surrendered his credentials as an ordained minister in the UMC and is now listed as the CEO and lead pastor of Mount Bethel, uh, which has also taken UMC out of its title, uh, condemned the denomination for embracing leftist theologies. During his Sunday sermon, he said, I want uh, want you also to remember this day, he was speaking to his family, uh, that your daddy didn't bow the knee or kiss the ring of progressive theology that is, in fact, no theology at all. Uh, he then warned his congregation, be careful of secular ideologies and thoughts that often come described as biblical truth. Know and understand understand the scripture in such a way that you can determine through the Holy Spirit what is right. So, good message from the pastor there. Uh, what's the left saying? Well, the bishop of the NGUMC, uh, Sue Hoppert Johnson, uh, has defended her seemingly sudden decision to reassign Ray, uh, saying such shifts are common within the Methodist Church due to its theology on itinerant ministry, uh, and said she determined to move Ray after an extensive period 
of discernment, Ray's replacement was slated to take over Mount Bethel on July 1st. Uh, but the church, like I said, has since kind of backed away from the denomination. Uh, Hopper Johnson condemned Ray's sermon last week as reckless and said that he has caused a great deal of pain to the congregation and threatens its covenant with the United Methodist Church. So what's the right saying? Well, this doesn't necessarily fit entirely into the, you know, perfectly into the, the right-left breakdown, but Lindsay Hill, the chair of the Mount Bethel Staff Parish Relations Committee, which is responsible for communications between like a local congregation and the larger uh, denomination, said that Hopper Johnson's decision to reassign Ray was disruptive, made in haste, and not in the best interest of Mount Bethel. Uh, Hill, said, Hill said the bishop is willfully risking the health and vitality of a church that joyfully and very effectively shares the gospel with its community. She went on to say that Mount Bethel is not in a position to receive a new senior minister at this time. Uh, she also rebuked the bishop for the way she handled the situation. Local churches, she said, expect the bishop and their cabinet to work collaboratively with them and not make ministerial decisions unilaterally. Uh, she actually fairly strongly called out the bishop. She said, I would expect the church to far exceed all the expectations we have in the secular world. Now more than ever, we need to work together for the effectiveness of local churches and our communities. As far as why it matters, I think, you know, we're seeing a major theological shift in a lot of churches across the country right now, uh, feeling pulled to embrace like the wokeism and critical race theory and the social justice agenda that seemingly suggests that scripture is insufficient to deal with issues like mm. injustice. Uh, Mount Bethel is one of the largest Methodist congregations in Georgia. So it'll be interesting to see, Dan, what happens, uh, I think, in the weeks and months to come, because presumably the UMC wanted to keep Mount Bethel because yeah. it was such a large church, uh, but with it potentially leaving the denomination over its progressive theology, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that how that relationship breaks apart. Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting because the Methodist Church, um, you know, a long time ago uh, in my early uh, journey, the yeah. Methodist Church is where we went, and and when we would move, I was kind of stunned. You know, you'd go to a new town and you would go kind of try a couple different churches. And um, you never knew what you were going to get with the Methodist Church. They were all over the board, you know, theologically. Some were incredibly progressive. Some were conservative. So uh, so I, I can't say that I'm surprised that I see this fracture coming in this church, just given that they had a wide range of teachings and they allowed for um, just all kinds of different viewpoints, which at, at the individual churches, which on one hand may be good, but on the other hand, there's just a lack of consistency there. So you don't really know what you're getting. Yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, it's interesting too the way that they're going about this coming separation because they like it, essentially it is creating two different denominations one that's like a traditional quote unquote denomination and one that's this progressive denomination but when pressed on it and they're like they're frequently asked questions pages and their interviews about it whatever they like claim no 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 this is not two different denominations. This will be one denomination, <laughs> but I don't know how it's, how that's going to be yeah. really feasible when you have such completely different theological views. Like they're not really compatible. Right. That, uh, like that, when it comes to issues like LGBT ordination and, uh, and the, the way that they address racism, like those two different philosophies can't really coexist no, in one no. denomination. The statement feels like, yeah, no, we're just going to keep all the money. And then right. we'll just have different, you can just pick whichever in the menu. It's like, eh, yeah. it'd probably be better if you guys just picked which <laughs> beliefs you actually believed and just stuck to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, all right, let's uh, head into uh, story number three. 
calls for the resignation of Democrat John Kerry, the Biden administration's special presidential envoy on climate, picked up steam following an explosive report published over the weekend in which the Iranian foreign minister Mohammad Javad Zarif said that Kerry told him that Israel was behind hundreds of attacks on Iranian assets in Syria. So Kerry uh, then tweeted out that he's denying the allegations. He said, I can tell you that this story and these allegations are unequivocally false. This never happened, either when I was Secretary of State or since. Um, uh, Chuck Ross, who is a uh, reporter, I think, at the Daily Caller, a free beacon. Um, not really sure which one. I think he's not both. But anyway, he wrote that Kerry doesn't say which part is false. Uh, also notable, he's commenting on the Zarif tape after both the White House and State Department said they won't comment on leaked materials. Uh, that's uh, as far as what is left saying. Well, the Biden administration, the White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, and State Department spokesman Ned Price both did refuse to comment on the on the report, as uh, as was mentioned above. And so they didn't issue a comment on it. What's the right saying? Well, got a lot of people speaking out. Uh, Senator uh, Ted Cruz said if this tape is verified, it would signal catastrophic and disqualifying recklessness by Envoy Kerry to Foreign Minister Zarif that endangered the safety of Americans and our allies. Mike Pompeo said that before we cut a deal with Iran that reduces American security, it would be good to know what the arrangement, if any, may have been between these two leaders. Uh, Rep. Elise Stafanek said uh, his is a criminal act. Uh, this is a criminal act, and John Kerry must be immediately investigated and prosecuted. President Biden must immediately remove John Kerry um, from any government or advisory position. And former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley said, this is disgusting on many levels. Biden and Kerry have to answer for why Kerry would be tipping off Iran, the number one sponsor of terror, while stabbing one of our greatest partners, Israel, in the back. So why does it matter? Well, it matters because, you know, we've gone from one administration, trade that has openly supported Israel to now one that yeah. seems to have reverted back to the Obama era of foreign policy in which Israel's enemies seem to have strong backing from the United States, or at least a lot of sympathy. Uh, and given that Israel is pretty much the only beacon of freedom and stability and any hope of peace in the Middle East region, and we've had several years of stability, are we going to see that start to come undone? I think that's the concern there. Yeah, it it does seem like constantly. I mean, I guess this is sort of just the nature of politics, right? Is that you kind of flip flop back and forth yeah. between this. You know, in in this season it was really good diplomatically. In this season, it's not so good. Um, so I think there's some of that back and forth that would happen regardless. Um, but it is interesting to see how committed it seems that the uh, the Obama now Biden administrations are are committed to not Israel. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're committed just to whatever is not right. Israel <laughs> seems to be their natural inclination, uh, which is just is odd. And it is unfortunate to see uh, the shift, particularly as so many uh, Middle Eastern countries were normalizing their relations with Israel. Uh, so it, it did seem like we were in a, a really, really, really good place and yeah. moving in a very good direction. Uh, and now all of that is just being upended. Yeah. Um, so it's it's not just like the normal flip-flop. It doesn't feel, I guess is my point, it seems like this is a major, you know, a major shift away from something that seemed like it was a bipartisan good. Yeah. Like it seemed like it would have been, like there would be no Democrat or Republican who would disagree with normalizing relations with Israel. Uh, but now it's like, I don't know, this this policy is 
uh, or these actions, if proven to be true, are just, you know, completely upending any sort of success on that front. Yeah. Even Biden had said President Trump's uh, progress uh, on on his peace deal there was yeah. encouraging and, and something they wanted to build on. But maybe that was all just talk. Yeah, I, it's it's hard to know. I mean, uh, you know, Biden has been not necessarily praised for being the greatest foreign policy mind uh, out there. Uh, <laughs> so but, you know. We'll see. We'll see what happens, I suppose. Absolutely. Uh, All right. Story number four. Uh, So Democratic strategist James Carville is warning the Democrats about what he called faculty lounge politics, working (laughs) their way into the party platform, referring to woke inspired language and rhetoric. Uh, So during an interview with Vox, uh, he said, I'm just going to read a couple of the, the quotes from the interview. He said, you ever get the sense that people in faculty lounges and fancy colleges use a different language than ordinary people? <laughs> they come up with a word like Latinx that no one else uses. <laughs> or, or they use a phrase like communities of color. I don't know anyone who speaks like that. I don't know anyone who lives in a community of color. I know lots of white and black and brown people, and they all live in neighborhoods. <laughs> uh, Carvel yeah. then said, wokeness is a problem and everyone knows it. It's hard to talk to anybody today. And I talked to lots of people in the Democratic Party who doesn't say this. They say, uh, but they don't want to say it out loud because they'll get clobbered or canceled. And look, part of the problem is that lots of Democrats will say uh, that we have to listen to everybody and we have to include every perspective or, or that we don't have to run a ruthless messaging campaign. Well, Kinda you do. Uh, it really matters. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so what's the left saying? Well, so many on the left are, are all in on this, meaning they're all in on the, the wokeism stuff. Uh, but there are some defectors who realize the problems with cancel culture, with wokeness, with critical race theory. Some of those people are Barry Weiss and uh, Bill Maher, who we've talked, who we've talked about a few times here. Uh, and it, it's like I said yesterday. I think Dan, uh, the left should probably pay attention when they're losing bill maher yeah uh, i think yeah. that's a that's, that's a good should barometer be a, there good indicator yes so it's the right saying well conservatives clearly reject wokeism wokeism and crt and and they the the argument is that they reject those things because those things suggest that america is fundamentally evil and broken and and systemically racist so the, the conservative side has kind of rejected all of that Uh, Why does it matter? Well, it matters because we've seen kind of the real impact of academic institutions uh, in society. Just a few years ago, we were saying, yeah, college is bad with all, you know, with the safe spaces and sensitivities. But, you know, once people get out into the real world, like once they're in real society, they'll have to wake up uh, and they'll have to to face face facts and realize, you know, not everything is a safe space. They're going to have to contend with their ideas and they're going to have to defend them. Uh, But what's really obviously taken place over the last couple of years is that those people who were in those students who were in the academic institutions are now the ones in charge of our societal institutions uh, so they're <laughs> not necessarily having to contend with these ideas they're yeah. they are you know creating safe spaces and uh, advancing leftist ideas like critical race theory because uh, they were in a world where the you know critical thinking and uh, defending and and, and debate was kind of quashed right uh and now they're like i said now they're running our institutions and we're seeing the fruit the fruit of that yeah absolutely and um you know i think it goes into what we were talking about earlier and um you know with that video where everyone just has this need to you know filter everything through the 
through yeah. the lens of wokeism and it's like you put on these goggles and then oh wow we're seeing the world in this whole new way and it seems like you're stretching to find these offenses and um which i think minimizes real offenses um but then really makes us really makes us kind of insufferable to deal with yeah. uh when every single thing is an offense a microaggression and all this and it's just uh uh you know i think he's right i mean you, you look at people like mar and and now carville and you know i think you're going to need more voices like that speaking out against the wokeism so we can get back to normal political debates you know yeah um yeah. and and not hate each other so much because i mean i just think we've given in too much to you know the the party politics you you, you we should be a, a mechanism as a as a civilization as people as the citizens mm-hmm. we should be the ones that kind of keep the politicians in check so that we don't let them go crazy and really divide us but i feel like we haven't really done a good job of that lately we've kind of just bought into <laughs> the yeah. arguments on both sides and that's really just served to divide us yeah and i think you know on the most like surface shallow level uh, <laughs> if i'm just looking at, at american culture right now we are just an obnoxious bunch of people <laughs> we, we're, we're just really oh, annoying yeah like, and- everything is like you said everything is an offense everything is reason to be outraged and i'm talking about conservative and liberal yeah like, Everything well, these days, if you and, look at, uh, at any tweet, there is a there is a bona fide reason on the left and right to be totally outraged by it. It's oh, like, my yeah. goodness, and people, I just don't care. And people in like Burma are probably like, oh, really? Like you guys are so mad about that. We're getting like systemically exterminated here by the government. Exactly. And uh, you guys are, you know, or there's, you know, some somebody out in, you know, some poverty stricken. I don't know, a nation in Africa. And they're just like, really? Yeah. You guys are, you know, we're trying to find out where our next meal's from. And you guys are all right. worried about microaggressions. Please tell me about it. We, we must look pathetic. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so I yeah. I think we, we certainly need to, there are, there are issues in American culture, of course, anybody, yeah. you know, that's, that's clear and we should address those things and address them in a thoughtful and, and Christ-like way as believers. Right. But also, like you said, just, we should have a, a wider scope of understanding. <laughs> Like we live in the greatest time in the greatest oh. country, the freest country on earth, and we don't act like it at all. No, no. Maybe we need to get uh, Dr. Emmett Brown going with a little time machine <laughs> and drop some people into uh, some some past times and other other eras. And maybe maybe be a little more thankful. We'll get a yeah. we'll get a little more gratitude going here in America. Maybe that's what we For need. Sure. Uh, yes. A revival of gratitude. How about that? Amen to that. All right. That is all the time we have for today. And as always, head on over to CBNnews.com and FaithWire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. And uh, we will be back here tomorrow uh, with more of the top stories going on in the day and, and a little bit about them. So God bless you. Thanks for being here. We'll see you back here tomorrow.